This week on the Coach Mac Podcast, the Chippewas had their first scrimmage in spring ball. Luke Gattike and Bernard Raymond had a pro day in front of an impressive amount of NFL personnel. And longtime coach Tom Mason has been added as the new leader of the linebackers. It's another packed episode, and we appreciate you stopping by for some updates on Central Michigan football. It is week two of the revitalized Coach Mac podcast back for spring ball 2022. What's going on, Coach Mac? Well, I, I, I think we're going to rename it. We're not going to call it spring ball anymore because uh, yesterday, looking outside the window <laughs> when it was snowing, I'm not sure. I guess that, I don't know how that qualifies for spring, but uh, no, things are going great. We're, we're, you know, obviously had a great first scrimmage, was really happy with that. And now we kind of head into our, our, our second scrimmage uh, this Saturday and, and, uh, you know, we're, it, it'll be more situational, um, you know, in nature. There's some things that we have to get in as a team to, you know, make sure we're locking down some situations. But it'll be another, hopefully, another day we can get out in the stadium and uh, let the kids uh, feel a little bit of, you know, game day atmosphere, get great video on it, and uh, let them play in a place that, you know what, we've, we've got to get a lot of wins next year. Yeah, how many times have you guys been able to practice outside with this weather that we've had? Um, I'm really looking forward to next to getting out there on Saturday. <laughs> but, um, no, we've uh, we've been out a couple times is all we've been able to do. And, you know, part of what we do in, in the spring is we actually schedule our kids' classes in the afternoon. And the purpose for that, um, is to allow all the other spring sports get more availability of the indoor. Um, so we go in the mornings uh, to release, you know, that that time for, um, you know, the other sports that are going on. And, and uh, you know, it's a way to just kind of help out the, the whole department. It's teasing us a little bit. I know it was snowing earlier this week. It's It's beautiful and sunny today. And Hopefully the weather starts to warm up a little bit because, uh, yeah, outside sports, baseball is starting up. We're going to have the Masters coming up this week, obviously. Yeah, what, and, and what a great start by our guys at Ohio, uh, yeah. our baseball team, getting those wins, uh, you know, sweeping that outfit. I mean, uh, I don't know. I haven't been able to ask him what the temperature was <laughs> when they played, but um, at the same time uh, – you know what? That that's an exciting, exciting thing. I, you know, there's nothing like spring, and you just hit it. You know, we've got uh, obviously baseball coming. You know, uh, which uh, to me that's the ultimate sign that spring's here. Uh, you got the Masters over the weekend, and and what about Tiger actually maybe you know making a start? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of cool things that goes on this time of year, as as well as the Chippewas practicing. And Kelly Shorts on Saturday. <laughs> well, we are excited that uh, you, you guys hopefully will get an opportunity to go outside and get rolling with another scrimmage. Let's go back to, to Friday, Coach. I know that was scrimmage number one for this new group here in the spring. How did everything go? You know, it, it, it was it was really good, and, and we were able to see a lot from a lot of guys. We were able to get about 126 reps, and, and uh, you know, with those – a lot of those with, with guys that we need to step up and fill some big holes with uh, going into next season. But that's what every spring's about. Um, 
We had some really good performances. Uh, we, we, we moved the ball through the air really well going one direction. Uh, not sure we threw it well going the other direction, but uh, that might add something to do with uh, the wind. But as I told our guys, uh, um, you know, that, that's what November's going to be, you know, as we get into MAC play. So, uh, you know, with the matching games. So we need, we need to be able to prepare ourselves, uh, you know, to be ready for that. Well, you remember that game against Eastern Michigan, besides the fact that there were injuries on every other play from the opponent. Uh, yeah. can, I, can I get fined for saying something <laughs> on my podcast, you know, about, you know. Well, I, I mean, this does, it, it does go and make its rounds on the big network. So, yeah, watch okay, what you say. Good. Well, I better hold <laughs> off. But, yeah, that's, that was a bunch of BS anyway. But, um, but no, that, that that's exactly right. That was a. That was one of those days, but you know what? I, I was again. Those are things that you talk to your team about. Look, it, that's part of playing in the Mid American Conference. It's part of being at Central Michigan, and and you know what? When it comes time, there's going to be no excuses. You know, it's it's nice that uh, on those days, as you remember, going back to that battle with Eastern Michigan, where it's windy as can be. Nice to have an established offensive line and, and a couple of good ball carriers to choose from and. I know you have a, a very deep group that you're looking to make sure that each one of those guys gets touches this time around. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a ton out of uh, both Miles Bailey and, and Mary and Luke's, um, you know, who are two guys, as you knew, I was very high on. Um, you know, so high we, we moved a guy that was right with those guys over to defense in, in uh, Stepney. So, um, but – with that being said, you know, Miles had a really good scrimmage. Um, he ran physically, ran behind his pads, broke a couple long runs. It was great to see that. Um, and, you know, it, it it's it's one of those things where uh, Marion was running like heck. He twisted up an ankle a little bit. He's going to miss a little bit of spring ball here. You know, nothing surgery or anything, but, you know, that that's going to give Miles some more opportunities and, and uh, then, you know, Lou, he just had another <laughs> yeoman-like effort. Uh, you know, you look up and you look at his numbers, you know, on the, on the carries he had, and he, he hasn't missed a beat, which, which tells me our guys up front are doing a pretty good job. And then you bring in a, a guy like Kobe Lewis who's expected to, to come back and yeah. contribute as yeah. well. So you've got a, a plethora of options, Coach. Right, and, and – you know, Kobe was there. He'll be back this weekend. Uh, it was great to see him. Uh, he looks, he looks really good. Um, obviously coming off a knee like that, you know, we've, we've got to be patient and, and, uh, make sure we, we understand his pitch counts, you know, when he's, when he gets back here in June, but, uh, you know, all indication, uh, he, he's going to be ready to go. And, and we, we got some really good production from some, you know, young wideouts and, and uh, that, that was good to see, guys going up and making plays. We did have some drops, um, you know, but those are all things that can be corrected. Uh, the quarterbacks, uh, all three got a bunch of reps. Uh, D. Rich did a really good job with his leadership, and, and uh, you know, he had a couple touchdown passes, uh, handled a couple situations you know, that we needed to work on that, that he came out on top, so that was good, um, you know, Tyler Pape and, and Jace Bauer, uh, you know, 
both did some good things, did some things you need to learn that, that you expect from young quarterbacks. Uh, Jay so, showed some things uh, with his feet. We, we know what kind of athlete he is. He, he can really get out and go, and, and uh, you know, that's going to be a bonus for him. How is Daniel Richardson, obviously you've mentioned it, him getting reps going back to 2020 when you only had basically half a season and then obviously getting the opportunity to play last year that he's grown so much just seeing time on the field. How have you seen him now in spring ball 2022 from where he started when he came to Mount Pleasant? Yeah, he's just got such, you know, and, and which it should be. I mean, the maturation of, of the position anyway, but he's got so much more a, a command of of what we're trying to do, but, but more than that, I think he's got an understanding now. It's not just about plays, you know, it's about, uh, you know, moving the sticks. It's about getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. There, there, there's certain things that happen just through experience and you can really tell, um, you know, that he continues to, to do well. And, and the thing I'm really happy is he's, he's really throwing the deep ball well, and, and that's a good thing. Yeah, he's got some beautiful touch on that deep ball, no question about it. How about on the defensive side? What stood out to you on that side of the ball so far well, through spring? Well, I, I thought, you know, at the start, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, we got kind of off to a slow start defensively, and then as 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 a, the, the scrimmage kind of progressed, uh, you could tell their momentum. They got some really good three-and-out stops, uh, which, which was great to see. Um, we got we got much better in in uh, third and long situations, which is something that, that has been a point of emphasis for us. And uh, you know you you see some of those guys. I'm I'm really excited about the linebackers uh, and kind of where they're at. Uh, they're both Moretti and Whiteside, but then you know a couple of the younger guys that that are kind of stepping up and and showing that they're going to be ready not only to contribute defensively, but obviously needed at that position in the special teams. Um, and so we feel, I feel really good about that secondary, you know, our numbers are a little thin, but you know, both day day Hill and Dante Kent really made some plays that, that stood out and, and it was good to see Trey Jones, uh, who I talked about, you know, I think last week, uh, he's really shown a leadership role in his, Done it, picked up right where you know he did in the from the bowl game. You know, is um, doing a really good job at safety. Um, that rotating those guys on the front. Um, you know, I I can't say enough. You know, so far about how Quezzy Bristol has has really really elevated his game. Done a great job with his weight. You can tell his quickness. Uh, he's a guy actually we're we're using in some of our. Um, Short yardage, our big packages, uh, he'll be doing some work for us on the offensive side as well. I know you, you mentioned uh, last week about how you've been impressed with the offensive line. Even though you're losing a couple of guys that are going to get drafted here shortly, younger guys have stepped up. Now on the defensive line side, do you feel like you've got good depth in that department as well? No, I, I think it's good. You know, ideally where you want to be, uh, we're in and out of even and odd front packages, but you've got to feel good that, you, you know, you've got to have nine guys that you can kind of roll. And and I feel like we're there. And, and that's a good thing. Now, some have never taken a snap, you know, so you don't really know 
what's going to happen when the bright lights are on. And yet it makes you comfortable that, you know what, we're recruiting the right guys and they're going to be guys that are going to be able to, especially as we, you know, get to the meat of the schedule. Uh, we'll really, you know, be guys that can play in this conference. One of the guys that will go on to do many great things, Khalil Pimpleton, a guy yeah. that did many great things here at CMU, and one of the voids he leaves is that punt return spot. How does that place get taken care of? Is that something you're working in different guys throughout the spring and then into fall camp, or, or how do you replace someone that's been so steady back there for you the last few years? Yeah, and, and obviously a weapon, right? Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, it helped us. People would punt away from them, and maybe they wouldn't have great punts, you know? So we'd get we'd get field position that way, not only when he caught um, But, you know, that's, that's one of those things that's actually uh, hurt you a little bit, not being able to be outside. We've only been able to really catch live outside, you know, a couple times. Uh, which that's going to be huge over the summer for us. Uh, we feel like we have some people, you know, obviously on the roster that are going to fill in. And, and as I tell them, you know, you, you don't have to be KP. you got to be yourself. And, you know, the most important part is getting control of it. And then let us, you know, let the guys on that punt return unit, you know, give you the space you need to go make something happen. Here's the good thing. We've got, we've got some available guys that, have had experience doing it, uh, be it in high school, but have done it. Now we've got to really spend the time this summer and this fall camp getting the guys that feel comfortable under that ball every time it's punted. What's left here in spring ball that, that you would like to see accomplished or improved on as you get through the rest of these practices and scrimmages? Well, we, you know, part of your, off-season breakdowns, uh, which will then get repeated as we go through the summer. But, you know, working on certain things, both offensively and defensively, of upcoming opponents, of things that, um, you know, are unique that maybe you don't see every day. Uh, that's where this kind of half of spring ball kind of starts leaning towards. It isn't working on a specific opponent, but it's working on some of the things that we're going to see. So when we hit that team next fall they can go oh yeah i remember doing that you know and and giving them some of those giving them some of those looks and and uh and then this is also a week where we're actually doing things both offensively and defensively that we need to get on film to look at to see if it's going to be part of our package uh come fall one of the things that you like to have on your team is speed How's the speed on this year's team on both sides of the ball? Well, the good news is they're all faster than I am. That's that's the good news. <laughs> we're uh, all happy to hear that. Yeah, and we're all happy to hear that. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, we, we, we do have some guys that can really run, and that's something I felt we needed to upgrade when we got here. Um, and we're definitely done that. You you can just tell by the not, – not the pace of practice, but the speed in which guys are running, you know, and, and – and, and making up ground and, and those type of things. So, um, you know, I feel good about it. I, I'm one of those believes you can never have enough speed, right? We've got to constantly, that's, that's a big point of emphasis in going out and, 
and, and getting guys to play. And I'm not talking just the ones with the ball in their hands. Uh, you know, we, we need those at linebacker. We, we need it off the edge. And, uh, you know, I, f- I feel, like I said, I, I feel good about a couple of these recruiting classes that are going to get their chance to step up and, and give a lot, of, a lot of plays for the Chippewas. You mentioned that last week. And uh, I wanted to ask you more about that. Happy with the recruiting. Has that, is that a testament to your coaches? Is that a testament to the results on the field? What is it that you like about where the recruiting of Central Michigan football is right now? Well, I think we're getting uh, a lot of guys that, that fit, you know, what we're trying to do. But most importantly, they, they, they fit in that locker room. They, they, they're guys that, that – you know, football's important to them. And I hate to say this, but in today's age, there's some guys that maybe it's not that important to. And, uh, you know, with these guys, they're, they're hungry. They, they like to practice. Um, you know, it's up to us to, to get it right. But then I've seen what Joel has done with a lot of their bodies down in the weight room and in the off season. Uh, that, I mean, here's the exciting part. When you got to buy guys new shirts, a bigger size set of pants, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. And uh, that, that, that means we're doing something right. And then you see them out there and they aren't, you know, slugging around. And, but they're actually coming off the ball, you know, offensive line-wise, getting their second foot in the ground and being able to play with a little power. And guys in the secondary being able to, you know, keep up and run with guys. Uh, you know, th- those are some of the things that I really like. It's unfortunate as you get older, it's not a good thing to, to go up in pant size like it is when you're on a football team when you're <laughs> no, young in college. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and I'm living example of that. <laughs> I mean, these guys talk about that COVID thing. I was already there when I got to COVID and then just made it worse. So <laughs> I, I totally get it. Well, tell us what you got left in the spring ball practices. What's coming up this week and the rest of uh, the practices and scrimmages that you have? You know, still, you know, the, there, there comes a time, and not like the second scrimmage in the fall where, you know, that's really the true time to, to make the travel squad, so to say. But give us an idea of where we're, where we're at, um, more so when we meet than – after spring practice going into the summer where we can start to set our roster a little bit. And as the kids are out working their OTAs in the summer, uh, working some of those personnel groupings, uh, working some of those guys side by side um, that, you know, get a good feel of who our get it to's are, you know, I mean, all those type of things, Um, you know, spring's about putting your base in spring's about, you know, making sure that, that, that everybody's communicating the calls, everybody's understanding what that is. Now the next step is, you know, putting the playmakers in place uh, to go make plays uh, while everybody else is doing their job. Transitioning to a couple of guys that were a part of this team last year that are looking to to make some noise coming up here in the National Football League. Understand you had another pro day yesterday. Yeah, we did. Boy, we had another slew of people in here. Wow, it was. Uh, it was great for the city of Mount Pleasant. I mean, <laughs> there were actually a lot of hotel rooms uh, that people had to buy. But, uh, yeah, we had uh, uh, representatives from most all the teams. But this time, in particular, we, we had offensive line coaches that were here specifically to meet with and work out both Luke 
and and Bernard. And uh, it's the first time Luke has been able to, because of the hamstring, has been able to, you know, actually go through the drills. He wasn't able to do it at the combine. Obviously, got pulled out of the Senior Bowl. So I think a lot of people came saw him uh, execute things from a guard and center perspective, which I thought was really good for him. Uh, but also it's good for us. It was good for our team to see, you know, all the people and, and pro personnel in the building again. And uh, I thought I thought both guys again really helped themselves talking to the people that were here um, after the workout and then those that, that uh, did personal interviews with the kids. Uh, you know what? We're, we've got a lot to be proud of. Those guys are going to going to go and represent the Chippewas. Uh, and that only helps the rest of the team as well. I've heard anywhere from uh, Luke playing guard to center and Bernard potentially playing guard and or tackle do you have kind of a feel from talking to the NFL personnel that's come out for these um, and I'm sure the conversations you've had from interested coaches or scouts where these guys might fit into uh, an NFL locker room and out there on the field you know it's it's, uh, you know at this point and that's become such a business no one's showing their hands yeah (laughs) and uh you know, the crazy thing is the amount of stories that, you know, yeah, uh, I got drafted by this team, but I've never even met with them, right? Because some people don't want them to know, you know, kind of like, hey, we're not interested, and then all of a sudden they take them. So you, you, it's a really interesting. It, you know, with the draft here in, the, what, the next three, four weeks, whatever it is, um, there's a lot of cat and mouse going on with every, uh, you know, with every team. Uh, as to not show their hand as to who they really want. Plus, they may send some feelers out hoping maybe somebody sees that and they might want somebody else, you know. So it's it's kind of crazy how that works. And I guess that's the way it should work when you're dealing with that much money. <laughs> Give us some insight what it's like to be a head coach with draft prospects because I imagine your phone – has to be just nonstop ringing off the hook with guys wanting to get more information about your players. Well, it, 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 it you know what, it, it's, it's really a good thing. And, uh, you know, the friends, the, the guys that you know in the business, um, you know, there's been a lot. And uh, yet I probably fielded more as an assistant because – you know, those are the guys that work with them day in and day out, mm. right? So I know those guys get questions as well. But probably one of the most important people then are your trainer and your strength guy. Those guys really get interviewed extensively because, you know, they know a lot about the mental makeup when it's not in a football environment, if that makes sense. And uh, so believe me, these guys do their research and – you know, it's, it's no different than us in recruiting, trying to dig seven, seven layers deep in a kid's life. You know, who knows who the decision maker is? Who knows what you really is going to give you the information that you want on the kid? So you don't know where, you know, all those things, they all go together in a report. And, you know, then they decide, hey, we want this guy or we don't want that guy. But, uh, you know. The cool thing is, is we're getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of action here at Central Michigan University. 
It's crazy, and you've been on both sides. I know that you were obviously in the NFL. You've been in college for so long, but it is such a thorough process, and there's so much more that goes into that draft pick on draft night leading up to it with the pro days and the interviews and reaching out to coaches and talking with scouts. I mean, this is a very thorough process from just how they come to a decision when the draft uh, actually gets here. Yeah, I mean, you know, each each team's private investigators <laughs> try to go. I mean, it it is crazy, and uh, and yet, you know, I, I I get it too because uh, obviously there's a lot at stake. But uh, yeah, I think people would be surprised. It's not it, it, truthfully the pro day is probably the least of it, and. It's hard to explain that to kids. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to go do what they can in the drills, and, and there's certain measurements that, that have to, you know, match up. But uh, that's probably the least part of it. Um, the majority and the most part is starts with what you put on film in front of the scouts and, you know, what your game tape looks like. And, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, that, that, that ultimately is your resume. Then the next steps from there, um, you know, become when the scouts come out and watch practice and see how you interact with your teammates and see what kind of guy you are in the, you know, during the week. Um, those things are probably the most important. Then once they see those match up now, the intangibles, the, the um, behind the scene things uh, the you know, do we want this guy in the locker room? That's really what really the next step is. And that's where those interviews and, and calling people and having the private investigator and do background searches. And uh, that, that, that's, that stuff comes, but you know, the pro days themselves, I think they get a lot of hype. Um, and, and rightfully so. It's a chance to show yourself off. But you know what? That's just kind of like, okay, check. This is what the guy looks like on film. Yeah, that matches. That, that's really what it's all about. And I think if you're, if you're a recruit or if you're a transfer or anybody that is interested in playing football, it's got to help them knowing that the head coach at CMU, Jim McElwain, has all this experience being around guys that have been drafted, that have been looked at getting drafted. I mean, it certainly has to play a big part that you've gone through all these experiences and you can give this advice to guys that are on your team that come through this program that are trying to get to the next level. Yeah, I don't know if they listen or not, but, <laughs> um, you know, but, but when they ask, I certainly let them know. And, uh, I guess the fortunate thing is, is we've got people in this program that people at that next level uh, are interested in, and and that's that's a good thing. Well, we've got another new coach that's going to hop on the podcast with us. One of the new faces in the program, Tom Mason, is uh, taking over as the assistant coach and linebackers coach, and he's getting set to join us. Yeah, I can't wait for Mace to get on. I think people get an opportunity to meet him, and, and uh, we'll be able to tell some stories here uh, that uh, are pretty good, actually. But uh, um, he and I go way back. 
uh, all the way back to Eastern Washington, actually, when uh, he came up and started coaching with us, and I was just finishing my playing days there, and and then we coached together uh, all the way back then. We've been great friends, and and uh, having a guy with his experience, his knowledge, and knowing what he's done for kids, uh, that's really the important part. Um, this is this will be fun. Having Mace around is a great thing. When a coaching spot opens on the Jim McElwain coaching staff, you must either be from Eastern Washington or you must have grown up in Montana. Did I get that correct? Well, those are two, you know, that, that it's not the sole criteria, but it helps. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, close enough. Yeah, there seems to be a trend with some of these coaches having uh, experience out west. It's almost like you're from there or something. Yeah, that that's probably it. But if I was from uh, wherever, New England, I'm sure it would have been the same way yeah. that way. Um, <laughs> you know, there's like minds, guys, you know, that, that are going to be great for the program and and more importantly than that, even uh, are a great fit to this community in, in this university. All right, let's go ahead and bring on the new linebackers coach. Tom Mason is here with us. Mace, say hi to Adam. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome to CMU. We're happy to have you. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be here right now. I, you know, I get to come in when the things are going really good, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So... You know, we get an opportunity, and, and Mace and I go kind of, well, we go a long ways back. And uh, another one of those guys that, you know, if you really want a good story on me, I'm sure he can tell them. Isn't that about right, Mace? Yeah, that's about right. Now, some of them might cost you a little bit, but <laughs> I, do have, I do have some pretty good stories. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's been at it now 40, 40 years, I think it's been, something like that. And, uh, you know. Being able to get him here, it's it's great for me because I know what we're getting. But Mace is my assistant head coach and the linebacker coach, all right? Yep. And obviously the guy that can tell the coaching staff how screwed up I am. But the tell, yep. tell, tell Adam, tell the fans out there, and again, I'll, I'll say this. I think we're up to maybe 16 listeners now, you think, Adam? Yeah, we, we add on one more each week. Yeah, so that's a good thing. So there's a bunch of people listening. Right? You gotta know that. At least they're listening. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of give us – now, this could take some time, okay? I'm just going to tell you. But he's going to give us a little background. And, and you know what? When he says he's from Walla Walla, Washington, that is not true. He's from Moore, Montana. So I'm going to start there. How big is Moore? Moore is right now 180 people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when I grew up there, it was a whopping 250 people. And then uh, my dad and his brother moved their families out, and we went below 200 people in town. That's right. All right. <laughs> <in the summer. laughs> so, and he ended up in Walla Walla. Yeah, it's, and it's uh, so nice, right? They named us wives. Yeah, there we go. How many yeah. times do I got to hear that? But uh, – Okay, tell us kind of this whole coaching journey and, and how that kind of got get, got well, going. Well, it's, it was a while back, but we started at Wall Wall Community College again a town in Lexington. Well, I named it twice where I blossomed, <laughs> and, and then I was at Eastern Washington University when Coach McElwain was a, he was a quarterback, and uh, then all of a sudden he was an assistant coach with us, and I was there for 
oh, probably five years. And then I decided I wanted to be a head high school coach. And uh, I took a job in Colton, Washington as the head high school coach. And uh, we were a whopping on nine. And that didn't work out very well. So I figured I needed an opportunity to go back to college. And then uh, back to Eastern. Then I went to Portland State. I was with another Montana guy named Pokey Allen. A legend, by the way. In fact, Pokey was the reason I ended up at Eastern Washington. So there we go. Mac and Pokey played quarterback at the same high school. So, yeah, a great guy. I was with him uh, 12 years. We were at Portland State, played for two national championships, and went to Boise State and really uh, started to turn that program around. With a second year there, we played for the 1AA national championship. And then, unfortunately, he had cancer and died in 96, and I was the interim head coach. And then they decided to go elsewhere. So I went to uh, Northern Iowa for a year as a D coordinator. And then I was at Nevada for two years as a D coordinator. And then I think I hold the record for the most games coached in a year. I went to NFL Europe, the CFL, XFL, and the Fresno State. I coached 36 games that year. Wow. In, in one year. One year. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a record. Yeah. <laughs> And then Mac and I were together at Fresno State. And then when he left for Alabama, I left to become defensive coordinator at uh, Southern Methodist University. And uh, the Mustangs. The fighting Mustangs, yeah. Well, so we were had, you one of the guys like paying them back there, the Pony Express? Or that might have been a little before your That time, was a I little think. before yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still be there if we could have paid them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, we went from uh, Southern Methodist University, then. Uh, head coach June Jones and he got fired and I took over again. So I'm the only guy dumb enough to do uh, interim head coaching twice and was act, asked two other times to do it and said, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, and then we went from there to the university of Hawaii as a D coordinator. And then I was at university of Texas, El Paso for two years as a D coordinator. And then I was in the uh, AAF with the Memphis team. We lasted a whole seven games and then the league folded. And then I went. What, what was the nickname of the AAF Memphis? The Memphis Express. That's right. Okay, Memphis, good. Yeah. Memphis yeah. Express. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Johnny Manziel was our quarterback with that team. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah. And then we went from there to uh, the XFL with the Houston Roughnecks. And we were five and all, and they closed this down with uh, the COVID uh, closed us down. Then last year I was in the spring league in Indianapolis and we won the championship. What was the name of that squad? I mean, this is some, I mean, people have t-shirts out there with this no champions, doubt. right? No doubt. For what team? We were the linemen. The, the linemen. The linemen. <laughs> you remember watching that, Adam, on, on TV when the soccer match wasn't on? You might've been watching yeah. maybe that. That spring one, league. that one you have to that, tell me about. I don't, I don't <laughs> that, remember that, that one. That was Mason's squad. I think the only people we beat out in TV ratings was bowling. Yeah. Then, so I was done with that, and then uh, I was just kind of on vacation driving to Dallas, headed for uh, Panama, and Coach Mack called me and said, hey, would you be interested in coming back? And uh, I said, sure. So I ended up in Michigan. So that's been my career. It's uh, 45 years of coaching, and uh, I've had a great time. I wouldn't regret it for anything. So here's the amazing thing, and, and I don't know, we, we were talking the other night, we might have been – sitting there might have I, I don't know i think you had seven up and i had like 
Mr. Pibb. That sounds about yeah. about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the guys that you've coached that that are in the NFL or have been in the NFL. And when those guys reach back, we were kind of putting numbers together, weren't we? And yeah. Like, how many has that been at just the linebacker spot? It's just the linebacker spot. I think I've had 28 guys in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool deal. And and uh, and then we we're talking about the times we were together and some of those guys, uh, you know, that, that year at Fresno, man, in your time there. I mean, okay. think about all those kids we had. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch of them. Shoot, they're all kind of getting out of it now. They're about reset age. I don't know if we got any left, but uh, I think one time we had 22 kids in the NFL after that last team we had there in Fresno. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, uh, in doing this, okay, you, you come to Mount Pleasant. Of course, we have spring ball that we're now naming its winner's ball, right? That's right. <laughs> I mean, somebody <laughs> says spring. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your family with Jamie and your daughter. Yeah. My wife was an Air Force uh, brat when she grew up, so she likes moving around. Obviously, we move around a lot with all the jobs I've had. And then I've got a daughter that she works in. Uh, she works for a sports management uh, company in Dallas, and she does a lot of the major universities. And uh, she's down in Dallas, and we came up here, and, you know, one of the things we really liked about it was it was a little slower than Houston and Dallas. And uh, No. <laughs> you're kidding me. Just a little bit. Okay. Not a lot. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you know, the traffic. Obviously, if you have to wait more than 15 seconds at the stop sign, you know, it's a traffic jam here. So, uh, <laughs> But we are really enjoying the lifestyle. Now, this winter ball, that was new to me. I always thought it was spring ball, but uh, – they tell me that it's going to be spring here pretty soon, so I'm kind of optimistic about that. How's it been? Uh, you've had a chance to meet some of the people in the community. Kind of how's that? How's that kind of been? You know, I, I'm really impressed with the people that are supporting the program. The thing that I would like to do is I'd like to see more students come out and really pack the stadium because this is a special team. And one of the things that I really uh, swayed my decision was that uh, win over Washington State. I mean, you know, and Jim and I go way back, but what he's accomplished here in three years, uh, it's to the level where, you know, you're beating some some power five teams. And, uh, you know, you think the people are great supporters and people that I've met here are really good people. But I'd really like to see the students get involved and, and really pack the stadium and get behind this football team because this thing, I think, could be really special here. Yeah, I, I, I know, you uh, you know, we had a great turnout, obviously, you know, with a home opener and then obviously, uh, uh, you know, homecoming. And yet, you know what, those kids that are here, you can see that in the films. You know, those guys get behind us and, you know, I, I'll take this. You're going to be shocked at how good our band is. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I mean, tell them, Adam. I mean, There's nothing like the marching chips, baby. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know. How do you see, you know, we, we've obviously, you know, got some new guys playing and some guys that are young. Um, tell us a little bit about your position group and kind of where we're at there. Yeah, I'm really excited about it because when I came in up against, uh, I followed the legend linebacker coach and Timmy Skipper. Yeah. And, <laughs> Skip uh, was with us at Fresno. So, yeah. <laughs> Skip was on the staff there. And, uh, you know, we're young, but uh, I think 
we got five or six kids that are, are good kids that could have probably played in any program that I've been at. Uh, uh, the Moretti kid is really a, a quality linebacker. He saw a lot of playing time last year. He's number 22. And then uh, Justin Whitehead, the other, he was number 45 last year. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a kid that I had at SMU that ended up playing in the NFL for four or five years and then went on to play another four or five in the, in the uh, CFL. And then, uh, you know, there's some good backups in Dakota and uh, Sanchez. And, uh, you know, there's a young kid here named Brown is from Honolulu, who I think is going to become a really good player. So uh, I'm really excited about this group. And then, uh, you know, CJ's done a great job, uh, Gildersleep as the Sam linebacker. And, uh, you know, overall, it's a pretty talented group. And it's just a matter of, you know, keeping them going and, and getting them enough reps and letting them develop. But it, it, those first, you know, three, four guys are, are really quality players. No, it's fun to see. And, you know, they, they learned a lot from Skip. But to see all the things now you're teaching them to add on to that, uh, how have they been as far as, you know, kind of some of the new things that, that we're bringing in? Well, what's exciting is when you start to see it on film, uh, there's some things that uh, – you know, I've coached linebackers for 40 years, so I've got a little bit of experience at it. And I think that's one of the things that the kids really enjoy. And it's uh, just seeing us start to develop on film. I think we're blitzing a little bit better than what we are. And uh, we're playing a little bit tighter man coverages. Uh, I'm seeing some things that I think will really help us down the road, especially when we get to teams in our conference. You know, now we're going to hit those hard-hitting questions, okay? So this is, this is really where it gets good. This is the yeah. lightning round. Yeah. Somebody used to told me you could fish a little bit. And yet, you know, his brother Jimmy, you know, I played tight end with, and he was actually at Eastern at the same time, told me that you'd never catch fish. He'd always catch them all. Well, he likes to tell big stories. See, that's the thing you got to remember about fishermen. About 90% of what they tell is not true. And uh, he really learned how to fish from me because you know how you learn from your older siblings. That's right. So, so I would have to say that, you know, uh, it is a passion of mine. I catch a lot of walleye, a lot of trout. Uh, if there's a fish, I'll fish for it. It doesn't matter what it is. If there's piranhas up here, I'd be catching those too. So. Um, but no, it's, it, it is, has been a passion. I'd like to tell you guys, don't take Jim McElwain fishing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the first time we took him out, we showed him how to throw the, the, throw the rod and all that. And he did that a couple of times. He said, okay, that's pretty cool. And then he threw the line in the water, took a pair of clippers and snipped the line and said, I'm done fishing. So uh, I'm going to sit here and enjoy the day and watch you guys fish. And I'm going to have a couple of uh, beverages. You know, I, I might have said I didn't want the fish to bother my beer drinking, Adam. I don't know. Maybe I can't put it that way, but uh, that, that might, that is a true story. So, <laughs> but, uh, and it, you know, growing up out there, obviously there was some hunting going on too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We used to do a lot of hunting, especially uh, like when we were in college, if we ran a little low on meat, we might have to go out and, <laughs> and hunt uh, late evening or, uh, you know, when the deer were kind of crossing the road, sometimes we had to take one, but, uh, you know, we, we kind of grew out of that stage in our life. And, uh, there was a lot of pheasant hunting that we did and ducks. And I think that's what we did when we weren't coaching football and, and doing those kind of things. We were out hunting pheasants and deer and, 
and uh, fishing and those kind of things. And that's what I really enjoy about Michigan. There's a lot of opportunities to do that here. And, and I'm kind of excited to hang around and start doing that. So, you know, if any of the listeners out there have special places they'd like me to fish, <laughs> you know, feel free to contact the office. That's right. And, you know, I know his eyes really lit up. You know, we, we've had a chance to meet a bunch of people here in the community, but uh, one in particular, uh, Tom Murphy out on his uh, out on his ranch mentioned uh, mentioned to Mace about all the turkeys he has out there, and I've never seen you light up like that. Oh, oh yeah, well it's it's kind of more exciting. Well, not quite <laughs> exciting quarterback, but uh, <laughs> you know that's one of the things that uh, William and I, our new offensive line coach, he's a, he's a dedicated turkey hunter, and he's telling me he can call these turkeys so. You know, I've shot a few turkeys over the span of my lifetime, and, and I'm kind of looking forward to sitting in the blind there and <laughs> seeing if he can really call a turkey that I could shoot. So, Well, the thing that Murph told me is I could probably hit one because you just sit on his back porch and they come walking by. But, you know, that's all right. So, Well, uh, you know, as we kind of uh, head towards, you know, the, the spring recruiting piece now and, and obviously into the summer, um, you know, what are some of the things you're, you're seeing that, that we need to really get wrapped up this spring? Well, first off, you know, we got to finish spring ball on a positive note. And we are. I, I think the kids are still really excited about it. And uh, then as we move into recruiting, you know, the, the recruiting's changed at uh, yeah, Division uh, one level yeah. uh, from what I was used to. And uh, you, you could sign your guys in February back when I was uh, doing it three years ago. But uh, – we got to do a good job this spring of evaluating guys. And, you know, one of the things that, like, where Coach McElwain and myself would come out of uh, Eastern Washington, we recruited athletes and made them into football players, you know, guys that we had to project down the road. We weren't going to find the ready-made football player. And I believe over the years that's really helped us in our recruiting is we can see a kid and projecting two years from now, this kid's going to be this. And, uh, I think that's where I can help recruiting. I got to get on the road. And I got the thumb in Michigan, so I'll be up in the thumb trying to find some players up there and, and also fill the roster spots that we need coming out of spring ball with our immediate needs. Yeah, we're, we're – uh, this is this is the one thing. It, it, the spring practice just runs right into basically a month and a half of spring recruiting. Then it goes into camps and, and uh, you know, the, those things have, have – it's really a busy time where for a lot of people, um, you know, maybe they would think this is kind of the off time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say, well, you got to just go in and coach practice yeah, and, right. and coach the game. It's a, it, a lot of times, like even this time of year, it's a 12, 14 hour day job and seven days a week. And then you start recruiting and you get excited about that. And you're, you're making phone calls at night and you're, uh, you know, doing the things that you do to recruit these younger athletes. And I think the biggest challenge that you have anymore as a coach is you're no longer recruiting kids that are going to be, you know, that are, that are seniors. You're recruiting kids that are going to graduate 2024. I even looked at a kid that was 2025, and I'm like, well, I'd be in a wheelchair by then. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole different ballgame now, especially with the early signings in June and, and – uh, the commitments and the, we never brought recruits in June. That was illegal. But now you got to bring visits in and junior days. And it's really stepped up in the last three years. Well, Adam, as you can probably tell, um, I can't tell you how excited I am for Mace to be here. 
um, it uh, guy that that knows how to do it knows knows what it's supposed to look like and and really give me a lot of advice you know as 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 we go through this to go win some games but Mace, I, I appreciate you being here and and uh, you know what I it'll be interesting if any of those 16 listeners actually called with a fishing pond you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. no it, it is I'm really happy to be in Michigan right now I mean it's a lot better than uh, sitting around doing nothing I was really kind of bored <laughs> The opportunity to coach with an old friend again, that, that's a great opportunity. And, you know, what more can I ask for? Well, hang on here. We're not going to let Coach Mack and his fishing word here off the hook. You were the linebackers coach when uh, a young Jim McElwain was throwing the football at Eastern Washington. So can we hear a little <laughs> scouting report of what Coach Mack was behind center? I can answer that. I could cast it farther than I could throw it. <laughs> well, I will say one thing. He was smart when he was playing quarterback because uh, he knew throw the ball to the receivers that were going to catch it. And when my little brother was playing tight end for him, he could catch it. He could catch it. So they still laugh about the game when they threw. Like, thinking, I think my little brother got three touchdowns, and Max said, "You already know that's it. I mean, you could catch it." So, yeah, he, he was a very efficient quarterback back in those days. I love it. Well, Coach Mace, uh, welcome to Central Michigan. And uh, I don't know if you know about this, but the assistant head coach has to be extra ready to go. Because Coach McElwain likes to take the first game of the year off. So just be prepared for Oklahoma State. Only due to surgeries. That's right. We're going to try to keep him healthy this year. Well, I think we're going to have some good stories from Coach Mason in his time here in Mount Pleasant. He's going to be a fun addition to the staff. No, not only fun addition, but more importantly, a guy that truly knows the game. He's coached it at every level, as you found out. And you know, also brings the experience of some of that, like I mentioned last week, you know, he, he's been, uh, you know, in an odd front defense, uh, which I think can be a great change up for us. And he's brought a lot, uh, you know, being a coordinator as long as he's been too, it, it's something that's really helping us on that side of the ball. Paul Petrino, Rob Akey, Tom Mason, am I missing anybody else on your staff that has been a head coach at one time or another on a D1 team? You know, uh, you, you know, I think that's it. I, I, uh, it, it that's kind of a pretty cool thing right there. That, uh, yeah, I never I, really thought of it that way. I don't know how many other staffs in the country, let alone staffs in the Mid-American Conference, can boast that they've got three former Division One head coaches on their coaching staff. That's pretty darn cool. No, it is. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I just – I've been really fortunate, you know, obviously we, we bring guys in, they get opportunities to go, you know, other places and make a bunch more money. And, and you know what, I, I'm, I'm happy for those guys, but the important thing is being able to replace those guys with quality people. And so far we've been able to do that. All right, Coach Mack, I know you're a big calendar guy, so get us an update on what's coming up on the spring ball schedule here over the next week or two. Well, we, we talked about, you know, heading into Saturday. It's going to be a big day. And then uh, we'll finish up with three practices uh, the following week. Um, obviously, we, we head into the Easter uh, uh, weekend. Uh, so we'll be done that following Thursday. Uh, 
uh, allow the guys, uh, you know, to, to refresh and, and obviously, um, you know, and, you know, be part of that Easter holiday, which is very important. And, and then when they come back, um, you know, I'll do my individual meetings with each and every one of them. We'll have a, uh, a team meeting the, the following week uh, after those are all finished. Um, they'll still do some work with Joe Well down in the weight room uh, as they head into finals. And we've got finals week. And then, you know, for the most part, uh, the most of the month of May, uh, you know, these guys are, 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 are gone, uh, headed back home. Uh, obviously they've got, you know, things they need to do to, to stay up. Joel does a great job with that. Uh, and then we're back in uh, June as, as a full team and, and we'll see our new players coming in at that time. And, and then, uh, you know, the summer, and that's really where your, your team is built. And then September 1st, we'll be here soon. Opening kick for the Chippewas in 2022. It's a long journey to get there, a fulfilling one certainly for you, the staff, and all of the student-athletes involved, but can't wait for that opening kick down in Stillwater for Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. Looking forward to it, and uh, but we've got a lot of work to do between then and now. And, and uh, you know, that's one of the things these guys have kind of figured out is, is you know, you, you never get yesterday back. And, uh, you know, that, that game will come. But uh, we need to we need to live in the now and what we can do right now to prepare ourselves for for you know next season. You never get yesterday back, and coach, I don't think I'm going to get last night back. What's up with these college basketball and college football <laughs> national championships being one on a Monday night and two starting at like nine fifteen? Can we get that changed? Do you have any power to do that for me? <laughs> I certainly don't, but, uh, you know, I guess move out of the Eastern time zone. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have an answer. It just, it, it did kind of shock me a little bit, you know, with the, you know, how late those are. Um, you know, I've got to go ahead and it's, yeah, as you know, I'm a huge basketball fan and, uh, you know, watch it constantly. I, you know, it's great having that ESPN package because I can watch the, chips every night they play you know on mm -hmm. that and and uh, i thoroughly enjoy that but uh you know i will say this uh and i hate to admit it but i might have missed the last eight minutes of the first half all of halftime and the first four <laughs> minutes of the second half uh with my eyes might have been closed and <laughs> And so I've got to actually go back and rewatch what exactly happened during that time. I, I, I lost it, but uh, no, it, it is kind of surprising to me with the, I don't know the exact numbers, but I almost think the majority of the people live in the Eastern time zone, uh, you know, and that had to be hard on a lot of people on Monday night. Uh, you know, I, you know, they do say Super Bowl Sunday. I think the most missed yeah. work day is the next day. Um, you wonder how many people called in sick today. But even with the Super Bowl, I mean, you, you follow uh, the sporting event that is nationally watched the most every year in the Super Bowl, and it's played earlier on a Sunday around like 6 o'clock. And you think of college football, kind of Saturdays are, are when it's played throughout the year. So surprised that college football, college basketball, they don't move to like a, a Saturday early evening tip or kickoff time because I, I feel like the ratings would be best there. It seems unique that they 
they played on a Monday night. Yeah, I, no idea. That that's that's you know a lot of lot smarter people are figuring that stuff out than me. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's you know when when you think about it, you you've got this time of year. You know, the one of the greatest events there is 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 all of March Madness. I mean. Uh, the weeks leading up to the final four and, and obviously the final game. And, and now, you know, we're getting ready for the masters, uh, which is, which is great. And, and as you also know, I, I enjoy watching baseball games on the radio and to get, you know, to get the tigers back home and, and starting to play. And of course I have listened to a lug nut game. So <laughs> I do listen to you, Adam. All right. I appreciate it. Says, my wife says, well, who's playing? And I say, the nuts, man. <laughs> let's go I nuts. Mean, yeah, let's go nuts. So, um, But, you know, with spring ball where it's at, I feel really good about it. I really like this football team. Uh, I think we got a ways to go. But uh, at the same time, I think we got some guys that, that uh, some people are going to start to know their name once we start to play next fall. Uh, it's exciting to hear and uh, just listening to you talk about the first scrimmage with this new team. Sounds like there's some good pieces and some good opportunities for guys to step into a lot of new roles uh, from guys that have left an imprint on this program in the past and now new opportunities will present themselves coming up here in the fall. So, uh, Coach, I can't wait to see this team. I think i got to sneak up there and see if I can catch a practice or two this week and uh, keep working hard. We look forward to seeing what this team does in the fall. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it, bud. You go have a great week. I know you've got opening day. You've got a, with the lug nuts playing Michigan state here uh, soon. And then I think Friday your season starts, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We get Michigan state in the crosstown showdown on Wednesday. And then, uh, yeah, the Lake County captains, not the Indians this year, coach Mack, but the guardians the affiliate comes into yeah. town. That's awesome. So well, that'll be great. Looking let's forward go to nuts. it. That's right. Let's go nuts. And, uh, next and week we're chips. That's right. And we'll talk to, uh, roll tide next week, right? Coach uh, Vallejo is going to join us. Yeah, William, our new offensive line coach, and uh, that'll be another entertaining one. There, like, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get two spectrums. We're we're gonna get a guy that that actually, you know, was coaching when I played, and now we're gonna get a player when I coached. So uh, next week we're hitting we're hitting a big big wide net. You know, when we're talking about that. Goodness, we're going to have to hope that Dr. Davies and, and Amy Fullen aren't listening because we'll probably get you kicked out of Mount Pleasant with the stories that have come out. <laughs> well, thanks a ton, Coach Mack. Have a great week with the guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Adam.